0: Welcome to Back the Girls podcast, season two, episode five. We've been riding on a wave of optimism up until this episode, and I have to warn you in advance, Laurie and I do have a few moments where we possibly come crashing down to earth. Thanks mainly to a whole bunch of your questions and comments that have come in. We do have some positivity, of course, but we are questioning some of what's going on in the community game and lack of pathways again you know we're going to be speaking with full transparency full honesty but it's genuinely from our hearts and from a good place um just as a quick summary we're going to talk about the under 18s women's world sevens are back um there's some. Um, rowdy behaviour in the stands, Uh, some player numbers to digest and Laurie brings us news from the clubs right before we preview and review where we are in the Six Nations. So grab yourself a beer, it's a long one and it's all on the pod. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I've missed you. I know, sorry. I feel like the weeks are coming thick and coming around thick and fast though. It is, isn't it? All of a sudden we're like, okay, that's then, that's live. And then, okay, let's pick a day for the next one. Yeah. Christ. (laughs) Yeah. But um, we just had a week off, which is nice. Yeah. I would think I was rolling on about
1: 23 minutes sleep last week. So (laughs) I just needed a break. Party in real, yeah. Took him out for his first night out. (laughs) Drunk me under the table. (laughs) So, did you have a happy Easter? Oh yeah, we had the annual Harris Easter hunt. Yeah, physical.
0: Yeah,
1: physical. Yeah, well, to be honest, I tamed back this year because I thought I'll be a responsible parent or whatever. But up ahead of me, my 36-year-old brother and 30-year-old sister were full-on having a wrestle in the middle of the yard, trying to get over the gate to get over to the chickens at first. So, yeah. Oh, That's yeah, nice. uh, full-on. My mother does a full-on farm orienteering quiz <laughs> find and collect.
0: <laughs> and the chicken coop is where all the good stuff is, there.
1: Oh, well, it was dotted all around in the sheep shed, in the cow shed. Yeah, it's fun.
0: Okay, and, like, listeners, we all know, kids know, kids know where we're going. All the adults, just go for it, you know? Yeah, we all know where we're going next Easter. Oh, yeah, she'd love it. I we had signs. <laughs> cool. I had a very quiet weekend, which is nice family orientated as well but like no fighting It was just a lot of a lot of love a lot of laughter a lot of chocolate
1: and you're so, making up for it now because I can see a bottle of beer behind you do
0: you know what when I saw the agenda just now I thought I'm opening a beer because <laughs> like we, we kind of plan what we're going to talk about but we, we don't talk about what each other's going to say do we? so I have no idea what you're going to say to these questions and comments and news and stuff but I can pretty much assume that we're going to be on the same wavelength. So I, I left today and I grabbed a beer because I thought, oh, it's uh, it's going to be one of those comments again. Yeah, like, Why is Gemma Haller so negative about the women's game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I it's going to be around, however round you're in, that would be ding, ding, ding.
0: Yeah, so we have got loads, loads to talk about. Um, we've still got the Six Nations to reveal as well because we haven't, charted since the England game, but we'll do that later before we get on to Six Nations. Let's kind of, it's been a busy, is it two weeks since our episode? Yeah, it's been a yeah. busy two weeks in terms of news and topics and questions and comments kind of flying in thick and fast. So where do you want to start? Anyone in particular? I can see all them notes in front of you. Yeah. Um, well, you roll us in and then right, I'll get then. going. it. Let, should we maybe sandwich it? Should we maybe start with something really good, really exciting? Let's start with the Under-18s review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, as all our listeners will know, there was the Under-18s uh, Six Nations tournament. And uh, I didn't realise at first that the tournament was structured kind of two-tier. And Wales yeah. were in uh, A and B. I shouldn't say two-tier, it was A and B. Wales were in, like, tier B. But uh, we couldn't be there because he up in Scotland, but we did have our guy on the ground. Mickey Dixon was up there. Maya plays for uh, Ponyfine Falcons. That's yeah? right, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Off. I'm set off, yeah. Um, and it's worth following Mickey Dixon because he shows all the footage of the effort that Maya puts in there. the Extra kicking sessions she does, training drills and things like that. So, uh, shout out to Mickey for his support, obviously. But, let's Let's hear from the man himself about how the Six Nations, historic, he put in the title, historic (laughs) girls under 18 Six Nations went. So from a Welsh perspective, uh, we won all three games, scoring some lovely tries and only conceding two tries all tournament. Game one, they were very dominant over Scotland, which set the tone for the rest of the games. Game two was a very physical game against Italy and Wales bossed in territory again, but despite loss of possession, found it difficult to build sustained pressure because the Italian scrum was dominant. Italy always had a solid scrum, haven't they? Yeah,
1: yeah. always. Um, Even in the men's game.
0: Yeah, so game three was really tough and competitive with Wales again struggling in the scrum against the Irish. However... The ability of the Welsh girls to the ball and use the pace out-wise was the difference between the two sides. Wales had to defend for long periods in the game and showed real team spirit to get through some difficult periods without conceding points. Overall, three fantastic wins, and the girls have developed loads over such a short time. Girls really enjoyed the experience, and credit must go to Bird and the rest of the coaching team for creating an environment which enables our girls to thrive. Yeah, and I think we second that, right? So, oh yeah, it's just nice to see them, well
1: one that is happening, that we have an under-18s team and mm-hmm. they've actually had some game time and they've taken some real positives out of it. Not many teams can say that they've gone unbeaten in their first tournament, doesn't it? I know, right? So that's
0: the three games they played. Um, Scotland, Ireland, Italy. So they didn't get to play England and France which as you would anticipate or or guess that they're pretty much the two best teams, right? And Mickey's kind of summed that up for us. So France, he said, unquestionably the best team at the tournament. The demolition of England was a joy to watch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, He's on the fence there. You really feel me? They've set the standard for everyone else to strive. They have been together as a squad for a considerable time and it shows. It looked like they've been playing together for years. Played three and won three. So France are the pinnacle. Such a shame we didn't get to play them, right? Yeah,
1: because it would have given us like an opportunity to see where we actually measure up against what where he thinks is the best in the
0: world at the moment.
1: Yeah. and other teams we want to be against though, isn't it?
0: These are the teams we should be striving to beat. At every yeah. level, right? And that means we've got massive ground to make up for sure. But I know it's it's good to win three from three. Yeah. But we didn't play the best. And you want to play the best? Oh, I don't care. I'll take the three from three. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's just have a little reflection on England because we need to keep an eye on how everybody else is doing and where they're coming from. So England have some very good individuals, but for some reason they struggled. They have been together for about a year and the resources available to them um, the expect, expectation was high. They were quite fortunate to beat Ireland in the first game, scoring two tries in the dying minutes to win the game. I genuinely believe Wales would have beaten England if they had played. Oh, wow. Mm. But again, they didn't it's...
1: play. Because oh. if you reflected to the senior game, England and France are well, both in the top three, aren't they? Mm. So
0: yeah.
1: if you... Match up from under 18s and you continue your journey all the way up to senior rugby, you will have had, you know, a load of experience playing against the same kind of people, players. Mm. And don't get that um, feeling where you're intimidated or whatever social media kept trying to say about the girls uh, last mm. weekend. Didn't
0: mm. So... Yeah, like you said, we'll take the win, right? It looked like the team were flying high after that. There was so much love on social for the under-18s, and it was historically the first ever under-18s girls team uh, in the Six Nations. So the overall standing then, so both kind of Group A and Group B merge for the overall standing. I don't know how it's worked out on win, draw, losses, bonus points and things. Wales come second to France. Yeah, boy. You take that, right? Absolutely. I, but you I would have thought at the
1: end, they would have just like, you know, finished it off nice by playing... One play two. Play two.
0: Yeah. yeah. Top of group A, please top of group B.
1: But tough. At least I can go on out. Oh, yeah, and 18s unbeaten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I think we got to reflect on the fact that if... Um, and this is why I needed a beer because people are going to be I'm yeah, so <laughs> negative about women's rugby. Um, let's be honest, Six Nations Rugby organised this and they strong-armed Wales into putting in a team. I remember yeah. in 2001, they were talking, uh, 2001, as if it was that long ago. But, um, you know, we were hearing last year that they were looking at just doing kind of individual talent ID days to try and figure out who they were going to take as their eight teams. But yeah. sense prevailed, and the regions, you know, said, no, let's put in proper teams. And the yeah. girls were able to show some real talent on those days. And then from that, we've got an Under-18 squad. But it was never in the WRU's plans. It's like, there are no plans, right? No. There are no plans. So, but um, credit to Six Nations Rugby for saying, we're pulled in an Under-18 tournament. You've got to put a team in.
1: Yeah. Definitely. You know, it doesn't need to come from channels like that. So we are hoping to speak with someone from inside the camp to see what the future looks like for the end of 18s. So I'm very much on the fence at the moment. It's like great. I'm chuffed for them. And I can um, see how, you know, the numbers of um, girls involved in rugby now is growing. Um, And you need good new stories like this and seeing good results coming from them playing against, well, I know they only played the three games, but
0: playing against the teams that they will likely play against at a team level. As as far as their younger brother, uh, younger sisters, younger cousins, um, school friends, college friends, whatever, see it is, like she played for Wales in the Six Nations. Yeah, right. Whereas historically, we've lost so many girls to football, neck, ball, hockey, because they can get capped at like under 16, under 17, under 18, 19, so on. Now you can get capped in under 18s for rugby. And it's like, that is going to ripple massively through this generation.
1: Well, it's got to. And I just hope that it, it's continued now and there is support uh, coming behind it so they can yeah. drive forward with it. It just yeah. does to stop there and... Get stuck in quicksand or whatever. Stuck in
0: quicksand. (laughs) Yeah. I like that one. I like that one. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Hopefully the the three from three just, like, emphasises that so much resources should be pumped into this age grade and not just put over the cracks saying, oh, actually, we're good enough. We've got enough. No, throw even more behind it because we've got teams like France to chase.
1: Yeah, and what you don't want to happen is the likes of Scotland to overtake us because having it held in Edinburgh is going to do wonders for them mm. um, and build their numbers. So yes. you need that drive from Welsh rugby
0: to support the girls at that yes. level. Good point, because Scotland came third in the overall standings, one above yeah. England. Hooey! Mm. I bet that went down well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we, t- we talked about what's next. So we've been asked, so any news on the under-20s? Nigel Walker said that's the focus now, apparently. Um, Nigel Walker says a lot without saying much, so I don't know where this was picked up from. Um, apparently, we're having under-20s, we're having you know, the greatest programme in the world, but without an action plan or anything to hold him accountable to, he can say what he wants, can he?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, the review. Um still hasn't been published because we still don't know where they're taking the game. But again, I'm on the fence because things are going in the right direction. It's just not having that time scale or a bullet points of what we're working towards. It's frustrating for people who've been in the game and who are trying to support it fully. Mm. The under-20s have been banging the drum for ages. It's, it's missing. It is what's missing between the step up from regional to senior rugby. The regional level is just isn't good enough in Wales. Well, we I only
2: have
1: really... a 18th
0: festival. We don't have anything above that.
1: Yeah, well, the senior regionals weren't good enough anyway. Mm. Um, I I wouldn't. I would rather see our regional teams play in premier sites uh, mm. from the Premier 15. Sorry to increase our level or, you know, better or whatever, But, you know, that's something that's been suggested for years and years and years
0: and years. Yeah, it's been Um, shut down though, isn't it? It's not going to happen. So we need another um, alternative.
1: I think if the team from Premier 15s were more open to friendlies and then they could filter it into the actual fixtures. But it's all to do with insurance and that's, you know, way beyond me, so I won't get involved with that. But, yeah. Under twenties needs to happen. He was questioned about it, wasn't he, with um, Maggie, Fonzi, and Phils. Yeah, old, good old, good old Phils. It was answered, but
0: not answered. So I don't. Really oh, he's know. a he's a classic politician. He? <laughs> <laughs> he just he says the same stuff now. in different now ways all the
1: time. On his way out. Say it again. He may have a job now, Boris. Looks as if he's on, <laughs> on his way out. But no, it it has to happen. So. If if you know if things are progressing as well as they are for the seniors and 18s, then it's just a natural step in my eyes.
0: Has to, absolutely. So um any news was the question. No. We'll probably be the last to know. Um we'll find out when everybody else finds out. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, open invite as always, to Nigel Walker, to come on and tell us very clearly how. Um we're going to become the best women's programme in the world and and how and when the under 20s will be formed absolutely open invite send the zoom link out right now
1: the only thing these girls need and this is from the seniors down is investment and time those two together if you have a coach only stays for a year and then jumps ship and moves on to better opportunity as it's happened year after year after year after year or disappearing from the set of completely unbeknown to anyone as to why.
0: Laurie, you you just segued into the next question perfectly. Yes, it's
1: it's almost as if I knew what was on the agenda.
0: (laughs) So question come in. is it true UN's going back to the 20s um, We don't know any different to what's been published, but we know there's been in and we know there's rumours and we've heard pretty much what the whole of Welsh rugby have heard, but just hasn't gone to print. Um, I think there's there's all kind of reasonable um, truth to it. I don't know if you agree. We haven't spoken about this, though, so...
1: I mean it's just from past experience. It's it's commonly known that a lot of people have used the women's team as a step in starting to develop their own personal CVs or whatever. But mm. oh, I don't know. I'm fully invested in one, and Me I want too them to <laughs> well, and I want them to drive the women's game. But like it all depends how he feels personally. Mm. I'll be pissed off though, if I'm allowed to say that, because yeah. I think and you know, the, the girls are fully invested themselves now into this new culture and whatever. It's Which is very frustrating if they've got to start all over again and then we hear the same old cliches of this is the best set that we've ever been involved in yeah. and all that.
0: Which is absolutely why they need to throw a check at one and say, take us through. Not this World Cup, but let's sign you up for the next World Cup. Because what coaches need is job security, right? At the end of the day, this guy's got family mortgage bills to pay. He yeah. thinks he's contracted to the World Cup. He's effectively out of the job in six months, right? Yeah. He never applied for the job in the first place. He was given it. Yeah. And if I'm if what I'm hearing is right from that week when he was announced as the women's coach, it was he was on his way to 20s training. And he was told, actually, you're going with the women now. And yes. like the difference was, like, that was on a Wednesday and he started with the women on Saturday or something. Right, so, you know, it was given to him. It was, wasn't part of his plan, by all accounts. And now he's in the job, he's doing well. Any sense of anybody that runs an organisation, that sees success and wants to breed and build on that success, would say... Let's give him job security. Let's give him a strategy to underpin all the work he can do. And let's give him job security and um, pretty much a blank page for the next four years. Go. Go build yeah. something, you want, and we'll throw everything behind you. It, it's, it's
1: more than just money, though. He's got the trust of the girls now as well. He's developing younger players. There are some coming through. He's not testing the team out as much as I'd like to see individually. But... You know, he's definitely got the backing as well of supporters. Look at the crowd numbers. They're growing. Mm. They're doubling, if not tripling. And it's just something that just keep riding it, doesn't it? As if Because, well, look at New Zealand. After their mm. review was published, is not it? The,
0: the coach has stepped down now. Yeah. You, girl... Do you know who's there? Yeah. Uh, who's there? Smith and Graeme Henry. The two old wow. black coaches, Kind of taking the helm now. So And they've just come off a brand new... Um, like you've got quality coaches like that wanting to put their names next to a
1: women's team, why is it such a grey area for w- Welsh women's rugby? Why do people only do it to progress themselves further? I would rather be a Six Nations winning coach, World Cup winning coach with a women's, than placing fifth or sixth with the under-20s or going back to club rugby in... Championship level or
0: whatever. Oh, Lowe's spot on. If only, if only two former World Cup multiple Six Nations winning coaches had applied for the WRU um, <laughs> <laughs> and actually got the job rather than going sideways to somebody that never applied for it. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of politics behind it, I'm absolutely certain. But we are, we are where we are. And for Johan, it's a case probably of there's no strategy in place. Um, nobody knows what's happening with the contracts in, in six months' time. Um, yeah. He's got no job security. There's no vision for the future other than we're going to make the best program in the world. And honestly, if I hear that again, I'm going to open another bottle and I'll be drinking <laughs> all the way through the rest of the six nations. Um,
1: so can that's I the, stop drink- the
0: habit. <laughs> that's our, that's our drink, Six Nations drinking game every time uh, he pops up on the telly drink and every time he says world class women's programme drink
1: um, I mean I'm behind it let's do it let's go for it but the thing is he's got
0: to keep these personnel in, in place for longer than six months and they've yes. got to get rid of and how like I'm making the best app in the world as far as I'm concerned but my board members my staff my team my uh, people I'm accountable to want to know uh How, Gem, how are you going to make the best app in the world? You know? You've got to be accountable to someone. You can't just keep, like, wishy-washy statements. So, there we go. I'm just going to drink my beer a minute, because it's been a day. (laughs) But, yeah. No,
1: well, I'm behind him, and I just hope he sees the potential. Because, look, before... England, I'd called it already. I'd said they'll be top three coming out of the Six Nations. I still think they can get it. It is a bit of a, an odd structure because they've only had the one week off, whereas the men's uh, fixtures, they allow for two weeks off. But it, that big game is going to be between Italy-Wales, the last game. But mm. I I don't think there's anything holding them back from giving a, France a good game. They could pull it off.
0: It well, Just I all have. depends on team selection. I know. And we'll come on to that later because we've heard some rumours. So we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, so we're laying it all out on this pod. Lowe's, we're laying it all out. Um, it about uh, two weeks.
1: And I thought I'd calm down after England, but obviously not. I'm in again, yeah.
0: <laughs> so just so our listeners know, um, Lori was messaging me just after full time and you were raging. Your blood pressure was through the roof. Yeah, well
1: it it wasn't that I mean England are world class but oh, I don't think they yeah. played particularly well in the first half and I would have thought that they would have had an absolute bollock in half time but Wales should have been going in with their tails up but uh, yeah. I, I just don't think they played the best rugby I don't think they played very smart but anyway, I'm over it <laughs> I'll tell you what Lisa <laughs> Yeah
0: Okay, right, so the question was and I'm, I'm pretty sure we answered it Was there any truth in Johan going back to the of 20s I think there is I think there's absolute truth in it I don't He's, he's going to listen in now And he's going to be like Top plan, Lourdes has just told me not to go <laughs> Yeah But I yeah. think, you know, potentially You know, give him job security Give him a four-year contract Give him a vision Give him a, you know Performance pathways to build on And Money. let him turn it all around Yeah Yeah Oh, should go back to a more positive one. Yeah, let's. Come on. Well, sevens are back. Oh, I was destined for sevens. <laughs>
1: yeah. Then cabs appeared. So it's <laughs> <just> never selected. <laughs> Ten years too late. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, I mean, yes. it's still pretty big. It's back, oh, but with who? With- what girl? Is there going to be a split in the pathway? Or do oh. they keep them separate?
0: What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so we don't know the questions for them. But um, we do know that Wales have entered a scene. And this, again, isn't coming from the WRU. This is coming through e- Rugby Europe. So the European yeah. uh, Sevens Championships. And we know that just by chance we were looking at the teams and Wales was on there. Wales women have entered a team. So I believe there's like, two tournaments in June or June and July. Summer months, anyway. Um, but there's also a missed opportunity because underneath that tier, there's an under-18 sevens and yeah. Wales is home nation. or Only six nations nation to not enter the sevens, under-18s side. There's and boys, isn't it? Well, I don't, don't like a boys rugby, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's disappointing. But I don't know. I can't, yeah, you know, well, I don't know.
0: I don't know what to say. <laughs> we'll take a win that the the women are back, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So somebody asked, uh, "Do you know who's coaching?" No idea. I don't. Right. I, I'm not going to put my knee on it, obviously,
1: but I have a sneaky su- um suspicion. That it might be Nick Wakeley because I follow Shona on Instagram, obviously. And then a couple of weeks back, I think it was, he said uh, she congratulated him and did a lovely pose, back to doing what you love. Ah. And I'm sure he was sporting Welsh kit as well. So. Mm. If I, I had go to go. take a stab, I would have said hoops. Well, that would be great because he's done some good
0: stuff before, hasn't he? Yeah. And he's been with the under 18s up in Scotland and me. Has he? Oh, see, now that winds me up, right? He's been involved in the under-18s up in Scotland. Why couldn't he then take a lead of an under-18s group out to the Euros? Oh, missed opportunity. What's his full name? Let's give him the credit he deserves. I always call him Hoops. I don't know. Jonathan? Jonathan Hooper, yeah. Jonathan Hooper, yeah. He's done really good on the Seventh Circuit, me, and he's a fan favourite with the girls as well, from what I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously... I know
0: all about the sound side of things. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. We're lacking depth on this pod do we? Two forwards just giving their comments and everything.
1: If only we had like a Welsh sounds captain on.
0: That would have been good, wouldn't it? Would have been good. <laughs> if only she wasn't, you know, headhunted by another more important podcast.
1: <laughs> Tresme. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, so hopefully that's good and hopefully Hoops is involved because we can't afford to lose people to our game. So we need no. to keep building depth in players, in supporters, in coaches uh, and all sorts. So, obviously, we seen what's next on the agenda? <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. Let's just get it over with. Let's get it done with. So um, we had a, a message say, did you hear about the parents misbehaving at the England game? And, and I, I had I'd heard by the, pretty much 10 minutes after full time, somebody was on the phone to me. Uh, so give some context for those loads of people already know, let's be honest, but we'll give some context for those a little bit out of the loop. Um, there was um, some Welsh parents in the English stand or in the stand in England for the match, um, drunk, almost football hooliganism type of <laughs> behaviour. Um, And we've been asked to comment on it, so we will, obviously. Um, I'm sure it was just a one-off because they'd been on a bit of a jolly and, you know, that kind of mob mentality maybe. But um, hopefully it won't happen again because, you know, there's no room for that kind of behaviour, shouting stuff at the girls who are playing, saying other players should be on instead of them. Absolutely, I have the opinion of it, but there's a time and a place to voice it and we don't endorse that behaviour that's from our perspective is not back in the girls Lowe's over to you.
1: Yeah you summed it up well thank you very much we'll
0: move on is it <laughs> No so we're not going to we're know. not going to name the parents yeah. you know there's no need to do that
1: No I think it was dealt with from another group of player supporters and parents whatever so mm. uh, it was called out at the time of it and I think they can just, you know, sweep that under the carpet and move on. Yeah, and no more, please. We're better than yeah. that. I mean, have a drink. We all a drink. have a drink. I all
0: Have a drink with without.
1: Just support them and everyone's there to play a part and mm. a different game set will be played against different teams. So you need different personnel for that job.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's Levy. Levy. just
0: Levy. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's just all have nice ideas and send off the love out to the field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I did say we we're answer, gonna ask answer every question that comes our way, and we're gonna do our best. Um gonna go back to the agenda. So um Cardiff Quins news. Yeah, have you heard of
1: it? Here come the girls, girls. <laughs> But yeah, how good is this? They are back. Well, hoping for next season, is it?
0: Mm, yeah, Cardiff Quinns are bringing back their seniors. So positively as well. Well, I think so because back to when I was
1: coming into senior rugby, I was with Neath. Then Cardiff Queens was the team to beat at that time, mm. and they had bang and
0: sausage and chips after. <laughs> So they, they put up this team photo, didn't they, on Twitter? And they said, 15 uh, years ago, we won this cup. And I was like, oh, I was playing with body clean against them and we got hammered. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that team is phenomenal. It's, it's got so many internationals in it. It's kind of like yeah. the, the progressive team for you come out of Uwick as it was known then, and you kind of yeah. went, naturally went into Cardiff Quinns. So many internationals. But then obviously... For those who are not familiar with the story, um, the t- a few years past this now, the team up and left and went to Sandalf North. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I can't remember the reason why that, that happened years ago. Um, so there hasn't been a senior team af- at Cardiff-Quince. So initially, I think everyone goes, Woo, another senior team. Then, then I stopped and then I thought about it, right? Yeah. Because for me, and I love Owen and what he's done at the Quinns, and I've got nothing but respect for him. Like, there's no doubt that the Quinns girls' team are formidable and so, so strong. The strongest like girls' age grade in Wales, without doubt. But there's already four, and I know this is going to go down like a lead balloon, and I, I don't, I'm looking at it objectively, right? Looking like, top down on this now. I know that everybody wants to play for their badge, and the team that, that they love, right? I, I get that. But there's no evidence or data to suggest that Cardiff can sustain another senior team. Mm. These girls would naturally feed um, Landaff, Whitchurch, um, Cymru, Camrag. What's that team, Carol James coaches? Club, Rugby, Cymru, Camrag, something that's, like that. Yeah, it? that's it. Um, Was struggling for numbers. You know, I, I remember seeing that they only had they're lucky to get seventeen on some match days. Um, and then yeah. old Panafthians as well. Um, yeah. So unless Owen can create an environment where all those underage are going to stay at Cardiff Quins, bear in mind, then they are not feeding the local kind of ecosystem that's already in place. So those girls are yeah. those clubs are going to rely on finding talent elsewhere. Um, and I know that's not always responsibility, I know that. But I just can't see the numbers being there. So absolutely, Quinns deserve a senior team for all the work they've done. But looking top down and objectively about it, it's just the numbers are just not there to field five Cardiff teams. Yeah, well, yeah, I see what you mean.
1: I hadn't really looked at it from that angle because I was just excited to see the blue and purple kit uh, back, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if if it actually hits the ground. Yeah. because
0: The way I saw all- it is, you know when you've got primaries that feed into a secondary school? Yeah. Your eyes are rolling now to think about another analogy. Right, so we need more primaries than we're feeding into like a secondary school, a strong secondary school. That's going to happen in rugby as well. We need more of these age grades feeding in to make senior rugby strong. So in senior rugby, you need about 40 players because girls are going to go off to uni, girls are going to go and get uh, partners, have babies, have careers. And the drop-off into senior rugby uh-huh. is massive. It's so not only... Goal. Yeah, so not only are you trying to maintain 40 players, but you're trying to, you know, um, recruit year on year. And there's only five senior teams and numbers are just not there. Um, we'll go on to numbers in a second because the WRU published a report today. Well, a report. It was like two numbers a poster. On, a, on a post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, Cardiff wins. And I, I love the work you do. But um, for me, I just, I want to be, I want to be proved wrong. Absolutely. That's We'd probably love what it is, though.
1: that's probably what it is, though, isn't it, that they're the ones developing these young girls, and then they hit eighteen and then they don't come back to support the club. then it's
0: they go out and find these other teams that are set up already. but but what's wrong with that? Everyone's got to play their part in in the game. Why can I, why can I not be their part? Their part is to find nurture, young talent and then put them into these premiership or division one sides.
1: because what happens at eighteen? What? <laughs> drinking. Yeah,
0: so that's how you get back to support your club. <laughs> Put it back in revenue. No the money in. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. But um, uh, on that note, Cardiff Quinns are in the final coming up. I, I believe it's next weekend um, at the Prince Party Stadium. Stadium. So.
1: Yeah, Sunday. Following the final game Sunday, we know someone very special is a referee. Jennifer Treacle Davis will be there, so um, if you can get up there and support, because it should be a good day rugby, shouldn't it? Oh, especially we've
0: conquered Italy. Hmm. It's like a full weekend of joy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so best of luck for Cardiff Queens going into that final, and I know they were looking for teams to play because they haven't played in a long time. So if there's any teams out there that can play Cardiff Queens, um by all means, reach out to the club and, and get some games going. So, why do you keep smirking at me? So <laughs> don't know.
1: It's just funny. Have you had a day? Oh, it's been horrific.
0: <laughs> well, back I at won't work go now. into
1: it. I might get the sack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many people listen to this pod. Yeah. Okay. oh, we're flying through the agenda, fair play. Okay, we mentioned it earlier, player numbers are out. Do you want to tell our listeners what's going on there? I mean, there's been some growth.
1: (laughs) And it probably does look spectacular to the people in suits in the WRU. But I don't know. Let's not be naive about it. COVID's obviously played a part in where the game could be. but you're looking at about a thousand increase, aren't you? Year on year, is it? Well, it dipped a bit after two thousand and
0: nineteen, but yeah, yeah. And anybody that's working with data knows not to include the uh, COVID years because it just it's and an anomaly. An- it. all- yeah, it's like an anomaly. Oh, I just say an anomaly. Yeah, that would. <laughs> yeah, it's the anomaly. I can't remember the word. Uh, Anomaly. Anomaly. Normally, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So the figures went out, and you think, "Oh, great!" But what is this in reference to? Um, so, so you know me. Loads. I went dig in straight away, and the last <laughs> the last set of data I could find that could show any kind of valuable context because data is important, right? You need more than one data set when you're making any kind of decision. Um, yeah because numbers are just numbers on a page otherwise. Um, So I took a look, and in 2014, there were 1,545 registered female players, senior players, 1,545. And now, today, we're celebrating 1,514. So that's the drop. Right, regardless of what's happened over the anomaly, <laughs> I have to practice that word of the last COVID years. Right, let's give it some context. Let's go far back enough so we got something to really compare it to. Last set of data was 2014 and we're at the net loss of players. Yeah. Right. So for me, straight away it's like, well, what does that what does that show? Like who's who's responsible for this data? What are we measuring? In percentage of gross, that's a loss. I'm sure our target isn't a loss. So what is our actual target year on year? What do we want to be achieving? Who's accountable for this data? Who, which board within the WRU scrutinises this data and says, actually, we've missed the target year. What are we going to do better next year? What are we, like, none of that happens. So the fact they put out a post saying, oh, you know, it's gone up this, this, actually it's it's irrelevant. What's our target is what's important. And what are we comparing this data to? To show... Um, yeah,
1: it's just like you've got to put it into context as well. 2014, context. context. Oh, Christ Christ we should get a dictionary, maybe, should we? Anyway, 2014 was the World Cup year. This year is a World Cup year when you would expect the height of it, the height of participation to be at its in it most, isn't it? So, like you said, what is the target? What are we trying to achieve? That's brilliant
0: data reference, Laurie. Well done. Yeah, yeah. So great numbers, like. But let's spin the positive side of it in terms of um, younger age group. It's phenomenal growth, I think, because we don't know if these are like one-off participation in like an event, or they turned up at the arms park. It's like you know, with a school and had to go at sevens. We don't know. Or we don't know if they're regular kind of club players that play week in, week out. We don't know. They just...
1: Uh, and whether rent- they've been clubbed at school level, re- uh, regional and club. So there's <laughs> three counts for one person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so as always, you've got to take data with a pinch of, pinch of salt. But um, there's no denying, even if it is just like a one-off participation, like that is huge as well. So um, it's been a massive yeah, been jump been- in that.
1: You mentioned how good that day they had in the principality and they had 3,000, is it, odd girls there, so... Yeah. Was brilliant.
0: Yeah, so in reference to that, it's gone up from, in the same time frame, from 2014, it's gone up from 2,099 to yeah. 5,686, and possibly 3,000 of them were at the tournament at that f- festival day. Was it 3,000 or 1,500? Or 1,300?
1: <laughs> was somewhere, was it? <laughs> I don't know. Nigel, tell me.
0: <laughs> but there we go, yeah. It's like a phenomenal growth or participation or touch points. Like touch points are probably a good thing. They've, they've, this sounds a bit wrong, but they've touched 5,000 girls, 5,500 girls um, with rugby, right, in the last season, which in terms of exposure of the game, and then you couple that with what they're seeing with the senior game and contracts and the end of 18. You can't get away about how, how great that is. Um, but it's not translating in the senior game because the senior game's down. Well, what well, they've been playing towards, though, isn't it?
1: There's yeah. no regionals, really. The cup round is a bit of a joke. Mm. The fixtures don't
0: do much justice for anyone anyway yeah
2: on before we move on so 1545 in
0: 2014 1514 now how many of those that is only the girls based in wales right because the other girls are registered in england play so that's again if you look at data that is saying 1,514 bar a, a couple are not good enough to play for Wales. Right? Data, yeah. data tells a story, right? So we've got 1,500 senior players that are playing community level that are not good enough to play for Wales, apart from, I think it's three, is it, that are in the squad that play their rugby in Wales, um, but they haven't been given any game time anyway. um. So that paints its own story, doesn't it? You said that what are they playing for? Exactly. Because that 1,514 have not been given a pathway to be able to shine here in Wales, to be able to start for Wales.
1: Thanks for taking my point and making it into something understandable. But yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know me. I'm I'm a bit of a geek. So I love data and what data can actually tell us. Yeah. Yeah. I'd just like to talk, have a chat. Have a chat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, full on tonight. So yeah. So before we've we spoken about the six Nations games, yeah. I know. Oh. I know. So um before we move on to we got questions and things. let's end with the six. That'll get us excited. So before we go on to questions and things, um, should we jingle our way into the club news?
1: Oh, absolutely. Jingle, 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 jingle.
0: jingle.
1: So, yeah, obviously we've got two weeks to review, really, haven't we? But there are a lot of results, so I won't, you know, give them all because it does sound a little, here's another word for you, monotonous. Is that, Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have gone to my well-trusted source of All Sports Wales um, and they've listed them all and they're just like, they're a great output, don't they?
0: Should we give them pretty- credit?
1: They do. Yeah.
0: My gosh. I'm sure people are not so sure that All Sports Wales like, publish really responsive. As soon as the game's played, bam, it's up. And that's all done voluntary. And they are the go-to source Whereas nobody is using the WRU website, which is probably costing them £1,000 a month, thousands of pounds a month. And they got some like communications digital, like website management guy um, who must be just sat on his hands. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing. Um, But All Sports Wales, they've got follow them on social media because they've got a survey out right now about taking that responsibility on for the WRU. And anybody with an ounce ounce of sense would say, absolutely. So WIU, Port, All Sports Wales, and let that be the source for uh, Welsh Rugby results.
1: Yeah, I'm fully behind it. Mm. So, yeah, go there to find all the results, but there's a couple there that I will mention because there's a bit of a story, good and bad, so we may be able to discuss it, depending on time. Um, So if we go back um, two weeks ago West Swansea Hawks beat Witchers 48-10 but that was West, Swansea's, West Swansea Hawks last game at Kosainen so um, a few of the girls put uh, a poster to say uh, thanks to Cosinan for all their support across the years but they will be moving on I don't actually know what will be their new venue but it was nice that they paid tribute to Casina because it has been a great support hub for them, and it has developed the girls' uh, game a lot,
0: uh, from what I can see. So it's because these hubs are voluntary, and so I'm, you know, is it just it, a case of they don't have the resource anymore to host them, or it, it may be there wasn't much of um, a reason why
1: um, behind the girls' posts, but. Um, I know it was all in you know a positive light that they wanted to thank the signing and uh, they were moving on. But it's not gonna be the end of West Swansea Hawks, they are continuing. So good,
0: good, because the death they got is massive as well, and it? it's such an important hub. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: they again were on the brink of uh, folding, but then they managed to recruit them that so we well wish them all the best as well. Mm. So then um, I'm going to fast forward to last weekend, which was the only game played, actually. It was uh, Dolice versus Tumble. Tumble um, winning that one 15 to 10. But a shout out to one of the Tumble players, Louise Rhys-James. She actually did, run a, well, did a mini triathlon before the game. Oh. There's an engine for you, isn't there? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. might be mad. There may be an ounce of madness in her. blood.
0: <laughs> am, am I right in guessing she's the back? She was a back.
1: She's just converted to back row now. Engine. Yeah, so fair play. But, you know, I did say there's some good with the bad. So I'll go back to it. So, unfortunately, um, one of the fixtures on the 10th of April, Pencoid vs Whitland, ended in some controversy. So um, Whitland were winning nil uh but the game was abandoned at 60 minutes due to um, hints of racism on the pitch. So uh, the Whitland girls, in support of one of their players, decided enough was enough and decided to leave the pitch. Mm. So obviously it's nothing that we support and uh, fair play to... Whitlam players for holding their stance on it and making sure that all these minute silence is that we do have before these international games don't, aren't being, happening in vain and uh, we shouldn't forget about it on the
0: community level either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually at that game, I watched the first half and the first half was something like 55, maybe 60 minutes long because it was all stopping and I couldn't work out why they were constantly talking to the ref. Um, And then I had to go because I had dinner reservations. So I was hoping to watch like the half the second half and then she got off to dinner, but there was never a second half. And I didn't find out until kind of midweek about that. So, but it was a decent game until then. But yeah, obviously there's no no place for that in rugby or in life.
1: No, no, no. So, yeah, that's my news. Maybe I should have sandwiched that and ended up with <laughs> me. So, remember Louise Reese James? She ran a triathlon. What <laughs> <laughs> was well, the yeah. last time you run a triathlon? Hilarious. I run down the stairs. <laughs> I walk to the fridge. <laughs> yeah. I dive on the couch. Does it have to be our um, stereotypical triathlon? Of no,
0: any three movements is fine. <laughs> <laughs> last time I run somebody shouted buffet was open was <laughs> well I it. did run
1: but it was only to chase some Easter eggs so.
0: I that's what the concept is is it but yeah, yeah. alright so let's jingle your way out of this
1: uh, jingle 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 jingle
0: Okay, so before we go into six minutes, we still got more questions to ask, should we do a like, quick fire round? Let's go. Let's go. So thank you so much to everybody, by the way, for contacting us, like the, the DMs are constantly blowing up, and it's, it's, it's like we've got this little community growing, and it's so cute, um, probably less after today's episode, because we're quite grumpy, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Back to negative Nellies again, that no one, can. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's go. So the pod has always kept the spotlight on the lack of development opportunities due to no pathways. Right. Fact. Mm -hmm. Do you think the WRU sees it? And do you think the WRU cares? Uh, Yes, they see it.
1: Um, And I think they do care now because it's been shown um, in quite a negative light to start with, how there was that lack of support, so they've had to turn their image around on it, and if you spend time on something that long, you're going to have to start caring about it.
0: Oh, well put. I'm going to say, um yes, they see it. I know for sure they see it, um... Laurie. <laughs> you tell them every Monday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, I think they care, but not in the sense that we care. I think they care about their image and I think they care that they can't own the narrative um, mm. so from a, I think we're a pain for the marketing team, I think we're a pain for kind of, I would say strategic team but there isn't one um, you know, when somebody's constantly highlighting how you're failing <laughs> it's going to pee you off and I, yeah. so I think they care but not how we care which is a shame because we're all on the same team Surely, we all want Wales women to be better and Welsh rugby in general to be better. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, have you seen the news coming out of Ireland that they've lost like pretty much the whole black line to go on sevens duty? Yeah. We've had it good. So, that's the news for everybody. But we've had a question related to it. What's your opinion on the Ireland squad changing significantly due to the 15th playing sevens? And there's a second part to this. What do you foresee happening if we can't keep players in one scheme over the other? So I think the question is, is that ever going to happen to Wales? Okay. so first part
1: about the Irish situation, I am pissed because, (laughs) again, they've gone through similar to what we did last year and they've had their review and, you know, it's been very negative. They're still not receiving the support that they deserve. Um... And for them to just think, oh, well, it's either one or the other and not invest in it, still not invest in it, it pisses me off. Because mm. Ireland is, like, could be on par with Wales for development. And it's as if they're just being dropped and not being supported by anyone
0: around them. And they're just expected to play just, just to play. Yeah, it shows disrespect. The championship for me, it's like yeah, all right, Six Nations moved into this window. But it's still the pinnacle of the women's game, the Six Nations. Yeah. It's the annual showpiece. And it always peed me off when, you know, Welsh coaches would just give like, you know, n- you know, kind of nominal caps for people just to, oh, you've had to run out. We're not, you know, we're trying the Six Nations out for, um, you know, combinations and stuff like that. No, no. This is the showpiece of the women's game, right? If you speak to yeah. Australian, Canadian, New Zealand rugby players, they would kill to play in the Six Nations. This is yeah. the pinnacle of our game, right? Obviously outside of a World Cup. Um, and it, it needs the, the respect it deserves. Um, so I'm with you. It pisses me off as well. But it's all down to the lack of pathways and depth and support of the game.
1: Yeah. It's as if, like, well, we're beating the same old drum again, but... Oh, it just makes me mad. I was like, why can't they see that? Other, well, Look at Italy. They've now announced that they're having contracts as well, and that's just going to boost their numbers. I can't see why the people above don't see what other countries are doing and how it's helping their game, how it's mm. getting them results, how it'll build focus and support in the country. If, so, if the team is going well, like they had a World Cup there in 2017. Where are they? Who's Who's running the show there? It's like buying a brand new car and driving it into a wall. There's just no sense, is it? Oh, well, so just—it's just detrimental to their own. Oh, it annoys me. Don't. Yeah. No. So we've been fr-
0: fr- we've been frustrated about what's going on in Wales, but I think I think Ireland got it worse, and well, that's, yeah. thats a bloody low bar, there. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, not really
1: the comparison
0: you want to make, is it? Really. Oh. Oh. Okay, so the second part of the question: Can you see that happening in Wales? Yeah, Are, Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, no because, because we don't have a seven team on the circuit.
1: Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. But the thing is, if we were, you know, the likes of Jazz wouldn't would be in the sense. Hmm. We don't have a death. We haven't got enough girls. We haven't got the death to field two teams. Yeah. No.
0: So out of that 1,514 girls that we've got playing rugby in Wales, how many of them have been given the pathway to be able to walk into a sevens team this summer?
1: Well, you saw yourself. Girls were going over to Rugby League because there's more opportunity there. Mm. Yeah. If if you create this across the board, God knows what to do with numbers.
0: Oh, on that, didn't we see this week um, Cardiff Demons? have announced Carly Pounds Park as their home ground. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to catching some uh, league games this season. Oh, summer, it's a it summer game, isn't it? It's <laughs> a summer yeah. game. Strap you your knees. <laughs> Please. You Did <do>, you use <laughs> shoulders in rugby league and you do not have to bend. Yeah, but uh, summer game dry. Dry. Just not worth their loads. No. <laughs> Beer garden weather that is. That is beer garden weather. So see you at the cap then for the, the demons. So, yeah, that's definitely. my local league side anyway. It's exciting. Yeah. So um, did you hear about the players' parents being drunk and kicking off? We've discussed that. Um, who will coach the 7s We've discussed that. Um, what have we got next? Oh, so this is one. This is really interesting. We haven't touched on this, but I have been in various conversations kind of behind the scenes. Um, Mixed rugby is banned for under-11s from next season. So it's always been under-12s, right? So from next season, it's going to under-11s. There was like a shitty little um, consultation done. (laughs) Like... It blows my mind, right? The people running this game have no skills, no experience of market research, consultation, you know, things like that. They do this thing and then they completely balls it up. And it absolutely kicked off. And we had young girls crying because they thought they had another season of mixed rugby. These are girls that have been playing mixed rugby contact, right? A lot of them captaining their own mixed rugby teams, right? Yeah. Fierce, absolute fierce girls that we need to keep in this game, right? And they were gutted. And um, I hope I'm not speaking out of... I'm not going to say any names or anything, but there was a, there was a young girl in Bogen who could be phenomenal. Phenomenal? Mana? Yeah. Oh, God oh, loads of struggling. Like <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. Um, Incredibly physical, fast, like hand-off, tackle, anything comes away. Um, and she, for her, she has to go to the hub. And she doesn't get that physicality that level at the hub. not yet. I'm sure when the hub develops further, and they've got more players and they can you know move some up to more physical uh, activities, training games, et cetera. It will be there. But it's not there yet. So this girl is going to leave now in the summer and miss out on a whole season which she was anticipating playing. Um And she was devastating. her and her teammate, and uh, I spoke to her mom, and they were they were absolutely devastated. just told. By some decision by somebody up in ivory towers gone no no that's the end of your season and it's yeah. so so the schools have pushed back against it um clubs have pushed back against it and it looks like it's going um the WIU are backtracking so here's the question i've gone off on one mixed rugby is banned from the 11s from next season i heard a rumor they are backtracking i've heard the same rumor it's not so much... A, I've heard from people that that's what's happening. So... But now they right, you. Probably...
1: <laughs> Sorry, I haven't heard anything. But I've said... I said in one of the earlier pods back on season one. The longer you can play within mixed rugby, the better. I think your skill set is more advanced. Your confidence is more advanced at the moment. I think the coaches involved in... Typically, boys' rugby have been there for, you know, longer periods of time and whatever, so they've got that knowledge as well. I just, I'm fully supportive if it does go back to the old system structure.
0: Or oh, just, it this stays as it is. right? don't make the change this summer. Um, now yeah. that we've advocated for it, though, <laughs> you know, everybody rip it up we're changing it <laughs> but I hope not because it's the quality of the players that come through so if these girls can have another season um, and then going to have another year closer to that you know that the higher age grade where they can be more physical and yeah. have more physical girls to play against and with these are potentially our, our next internationals yeah definitely give them the highest quality of rugby we can offer and the best opportunity
1: isn't it don't strip a bit of them no yeah. it's a choice isn't it if they want to play and it's been safe for many years why not yeah. if they don't go to a hub hmm. easy awesome. They are said right we've got to go to Six Nations okay right first of all we both want to wish Abby Dow the best recovery isn't it because unfortunately after 20 minutes broken tib and fib gosh bless her um, yeah it, um, it did sound horrific bless so um, wish you all the best with our recovery but it killed Welsh, Welsh women's momentum didn't it? explain now, then
0: so people that maybe you know, not experienced that kind of momentum loss how does somebody else getting injured somebody from the other team getting injured affect the other team's game? You play, well, I used
1: to play 81-minute games, okay? So I was on the pitch and I was looking at the one minute, my job for the next one minute. If you're successful within that one minute, you've done your job, you've forced a knock on, you've got in someone's head the overthrows, you saw it in the lineup it just wasn't functioning for England. They mm. were always chasing the game in that first 20 minutes because they couldn't get their stamp on their structures. Now, if you can do that to your number one team in the world for the first 20 minutes, that's going to put that doubt in their mind that they're, they're going to have to change something because their usual structure isn't working because we were putting them under so much pressure. And I'm not saying we did anything big or flash or anything, we just fronted up, in hmm. my opinion. The first two scrums, Gwenny Purse turned Sarah Byrne inside out. After that, that... technical
0: term. Yeah,
1: yes, it is, yeah. All the coaching staff know this. <laughs> but, you know, little wins like that, if you can, to, to me, Sarah Byrne is one of the best props in the world. If you can do that and get in her head, she's probably going to think of, "I want to do that back to you now," and she might go away from what their scrum focuses, and uh-huh. that could collapse the scrum, you know. Um. And another one would have been I know it was much later in the in the game, but our line-out was functioning well, and that's how Kelsey scored off it. Mm. So if you keep building our momentum. And getting in their heads as well as getting in, not getting in your own. I mean, you're you're always on the upper hand, aren't you? The referee starts swaying perhaps mm. that um, through frustration, perhaps in, stuff that weren't happening to England. If Wales can keep just keep their cool and keep that pressure on, that's how you build momentum. But after that long break, because it, it was huge wasn't it and you yeah. know so. you had to take care of that player but I think England coped with it much better because they had that time to regroup and focus again they would have had little messages come on from the sideline to say well probably what the hell is going on here what are yeah. we doing let's mm. take it right back let's simplify things let's concentrate on exiting perhaps let's get field position territory and all that whereas Wales were probably still on a high that they were England in England and pressure and I assume, I can only assume, that mm. they thought they were just going to snap back into that but
0: England managed to control the game then far better from that point onward. Yeah well and what we're seeing from England is that um, we're not interested in playing in our 22 um, even outside the 22 in there that that kicking game which just constantly keeps a, a Welsh team that don't have that kicking game or that exit strategy or exit capability, uh, constantly under pressure. And then you're playing in the areas of the field you don't want to be playing in. What you have with England is four to five girls who can
1: all exit and produce a substantial exit as well. Mm. You could probably count on the props to who it them. <laughs> a Ben
0: Berg would do a brilliant mm-hmm. 50-20. I wouldn't put it past her. I think she's <laughs> bloody brilliant. But she doesn't need to do that with ball in hand. I, <laughs> I
1: did have a bit, like, I will apologise because it wasn't a platform that I wanted to put it on, but I was rumped in after the game and I did. I, I turned to Twitter and I said that not being able to exit and gain territory is killing our game. The one time we did it and we had a, a positive lineup and we scored, I was like, yeah. I can't understand well, why we're not looking to do that because yes. so many opportunities are going to miss where we, can't, we don't put boot to ball and as well, we haven't got the personnel at the moment that can clear our lines mm. and clear them effectively because calling Mark in a 22 and making 5 metres or 10 metres just isn't good enough.
0: Mm. I, I don't think you need to apologise. I think everybody's saying it. You know, there's an intelligent audience watching this team now. And people can see the difference that a kicking game can bring to the team when it's got to clear an exit. Um, yeah. And when you look at other nations in the, in, in the championship, you're just seeing how they breeze in through games because they have that the capabilities. And did you see Squidge did the, the YouTube video on the breakdown of the Welsh game?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he called it out as well regarding the kicking game. And, you know, it's no disrespect to any single player. It's just We just don't have that skill set, unfortunately.
1: It's it's just gone from the days now of where we hoof and hope as a last resort because we can't get out of world 22 or whatever. They need mm. to use it as a, a tactical option. yeah, And pin players down. So if you took that first 20 minutes and then all Wales did then for the, f- the rest of that first half was pin England back in their 5-10-22 it's oh. very hard then. You're either going to have a game of air tennis or England are going to lose their heads. And then that's mm. when you pounce getting. But mm. we just never took the opportunity. And then you see what England can do. You've got the likes of Emily Scarrett, who comes on and just breezes past everyone to score a 51st international try and more hunt what a difference she made a scrum half. She mm. just took the game plan, ripped it up and said, right then, I'm bored of this mediocre um, game now. I let, let's up the level again. You've got to give a shout out to Lucy Parker, though. in nine for England. Welsh.
0: Oh, don't.
1: Yeah. Don't. Travelled with Wales to the Commonwealth 2018. Starting for England.
0: Not good enough. We've lost a few of them yeah, um, And that's a whole other topic. So we won't go down that rabbit hole right now.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, it was frustrating coming off that, that game. And, you know, I spoke with it with a few of the past players. And, well, we're all just saying the same. It was a game that Wales didn't play well in. Mm. It was a game that they could have done much better. Like I said, you've got to keep it within six tries on the last pod. And they yeah. scored ten. The physicality, though. Like, there
0: was, for the first yes, 20, 30, 40 minutes, some players really, really stepped up. Like, yeah. you've got to give it to Sean Ed, who, you know, I'm surprised she didn't get clout to the face. But that's what we need. We need that grittiness. We need that willingness to take it to England and get in their faces and get in their heads.
1: Yeah. I uh, did hear a conversation between her and Marley Parker, because they could be, you know what, similar thing. Then after the game... uh. They always have a chat together. They are good friends. Um, Marley Parker said to Shorthead, oh, you are just a... What's the warning I do for a swear word? A beep. <laughs> a, beep. a dip to play against, it, isn't it? And <laughs> am trying to remember, as are you, isn't it? And it, they just yeah. shake hands, hug it out and whatever. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's nice you're meeting physicality with physicality, but then again, it, it's you're putting your team at risk because of a penalty count again was through the roof.
0: Oh, yeah. Did
1: and we, then, you know, it, it gets frustrating for you as players because you're giving away these penalties that you know a penalty is, but then
0: you're so angry about it, you're taking it out on the ref, and then... Yeah. But that's what pressure leads, right? If, if you can't relieve pressure, you end up giving away penalties. Yeah. You relieve pressure by a better game plan or yeah. better execution of a game plan which yeah, will definitely. probably bring us on to what we want to see against France but you know for me it's a personnel change which I think we pretty much both know we're not going to get it um, yeah. let's see with an eye on the World Cup and what she can do give Lleithy a go is, is what,
1: what I'm we next week in week out she's banging these 50-22s out for fun against mm. the likes of every single one of those English players Mm. I don't get it give me a job I know what I'm saying (laughs) but anyway we've got to move on to France we have because there's an opportunity to turn things around you're coming against another very high placed team I'm going to be realistic I don't think we'll get the win but it's got to be it's going to be one hell of a different performance it has to be because one is a home it's, you know, it is a late night kickoff. It's not something we typically do well with, I don't think, in terms of preparation. But Friday Night Lights, it's going to be an exciting game. The personnel will change from a heavy defeat. He's either going to go right back to the team he started with, or we're going to see new faces in again. Well, not new faces. I think it'll be a similar 23, but
0: people in different positions. Mm. Um, so I'm just, just wondering whether individual... Go on. The team, isn't it? So it's Tuesday night. It's half past seven Tuesday night. The team still hasn't been released. It's probably coming out tomorrow. It's always after we've done the pod. Um, yes. But I think we've heard enough stuff to kind of figure out those, you know, make a few calls on what the team is going to be. Um, yeah. I think it's safe to say Snowy's starting at 10. And, you know, there's, there's some rumour that Robin's going to 12. So that gives us another kicking option. In theory, um, we, we still haven't seen that longevity in Robin's kick. Um, if we were going to do that, I, me, that suggests he's either, he's looking at the kicking game, right? Because to take Karen Lake out, then we're not going to send Robin up. We're not going to be punching a 12, are we?
1: Well, I'd imagine he's got full confidence in the defence then because
0: Karen is your Mm. defensive captain, if anything, isn't she? Yeah. So that suggests to me we've got two kickers on the field, so there's a potential kind of green light for that game plan, right? But then if we play a kicking game, then why do we not put Lakey on? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'd love to just... See what they're like in training, whether that plays a factor into it. Mm. Anyway, listen, Wales are you're gonna expect the typically the same 23 to come out again, mm-hmm. but you've got to match them up individually. So who have you got? So Sansus, the scrum half for France, she has been ripping it up. She's uh, on par with Anton DuPont. see, is yes, <laughs> isn't she? He is outstanding. Um, and then you've got Carilandruan outsider who loves to knock him over as well and she uses the variety of a kicking game so we've got to be on our toes defensively as well yeah. and have that back three they need to work a little bit better because that um, disgusting bounce that Rona Lloyd capitalised off with Scotland. you don't want to see one of those again do you? Oh yeah. But then you've got um, excuse me for pronunciation here as well but is it
0: Cyril Bunney? Or Bannett. Bunny. The winger. I had, um, you know, French pronunciation practice yeah. when I was in Toulouse, and I can tell you it's bunny. There we are. Thank you very much. See And
1: well, the one to watch for me, and I hope she's um, injury free, but
0: Roman Menager, the eight. Oh, it's eight. Come on. Claire. Yeah. I would absolutely love to see a head to head. Sean Ed and Menege, I don't think we're going to get it. Um, But Menage and Sean Ed, very kind of similar, but I think Sean Ed would have the edge physically. Sean Ed will build an element of aggression that Menage is too laid back to bring. But they're both like world class, aren't they? Yeah,
1: absolutely. They've got
0: some
1: pretty special players in there. But, you know... You can't get anything away from a French team, but they're travelling. So mm. Mm. you've got that in locker. I just I hope Wales aren't putting too much pressure on that being the concept of them getting the upper hand.
0: Mm. But another interesting fact about um, France is they just tweak in right now. They've they've been able to do roughly like what, um, between six and eight changes per game because that's the depth they've got yeah. Um, and they can move players around rest players bring in other combinations but they're all at that any one of these players can start in a World Cup final that's yeah. the depth they've been uh, kind of building over the last few years um, it's not yeah just
1: to add though as well it's, it's that confidence between player coaches player player as well so if I know that the person next to me is capable of doing the job because they've had plenty of experience in that position as well, you're going to, as a unit and then as a team, going to perform so much better because the trust is there between players. Yeah. And sure. the coaches well.
2: Sure,
0: yeah. And that collective have been together for so long now and just steadily building depth that anybody can walk into that starting team. Um, another interesting Thing about France is they score most of their tries um, between one and third phase, first and third yeah. phase. So they are just, like, dangerous, right? Dangerous, but if Wales can apply that pressure
1: and force them to have to work for it, we've not really seen what they do in multiple phases. Mm. Well, we have They kick it away. They kick yeah. it away. So we need to... You know, be aware of that and how then do we counter-attack? Because all we've seen so far is a dummy and run, get turned over, or penalty. Mm. Yeah. We need to use the pitch better. It's a home ground.
0: We need to know where to put the ball. Yes. And we need to get that whole crowd on our side because you know yourself when you go to France and play on a Friday night, it is the most hostile of environments and France as a team feed off that. So this is a challenge to all of our listeners, <laughs> there's so many of you, um, to pack out cap on Friday and to really bring the noise. I hope the WRU understand the environment effects um, yeah. and we try and match that um, hostility of what France would supply for us when we were out there, and I mean we're going to have we, the we, French supporters travelling as well. They'll I know. be there. They They'll be there. The um, they quite often are they when we were we when we mirrored the men's Six Nations, like the travelling French who came to the men's game always came to the women's didn't they? and we'd have that band in the crowd like the band yeah. stuff didn't they? Um, yeah. We have got to bring that ourselves. We have got to make it hostile for France, and yeah. we've got to, you know, I, I don't like to do this, but we've got to celebrate the mistakes. We got to, you know, cheer when things go wrong, and you know, really get into their heads because, you know, Basically nobody else. Like Sean Ed. Let's let's get a crowd to be like it but not yeah. like players' parents. Somewhere in the yeah. middle.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Hostile but respectful. Yeah, yeah.
1: What an opportunity, though. I hope they have well and truly put England to bed and they are working on their go-tos rather than, why did this go wrong? Mm.
0: Yeah. Hey, it's another chance to go again, isn't it? Against arguably, well, not arguably, the second best team in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. As a fan, though, what are you predicting?
1: Uh, I think France will win because I think it'll be a game of two halves again (laughs) come on (laughs) no I think Wales will perform very well in the first half Um, I don't know the discipline is escaping them a little bit now since the first game is just slipping every game isn't it so Um, good in the first game isn't it yeah I I don't think it's going to be such a big margin
0: like it was against England and I think we'll get
1: two tries at least
0: Okay, so we wanted it under six tries against England. That was a marker of success for us. So yeah. what's a marker of success against England uh France? Uh France to be under 30 points. 30 or less. So six unconverted
1: tries. Yeah. Oui, quick maths, Carol. <laughs> hey.
0: Um all right. Um for me we so- need. We need to do what we did against Ireland and France and uh, Scotland. We doesn't matter if we're behind, but we've got to be close for that sixty yeah. minutes. Um, I don't think we'll get it against France. I think I think France are dangerous and starting to to really peak. Um, but we've got to give them a first half that's going to shake them.
1: Yeah, I guess we am looking well. for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Other games during the Six Nations round four are Italy and Scotland. In Italy. On Saturday. Well, how wrong was I against Italy Island?
1: I was not believe I was right. It was an intrigue that the girl right. Let's not tell her. Hopefully she's okay. forgotten. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Scotland might pip
0: it now. I'm going to go the other way. Italy has just been given 25 contracts. Yeah, it's gonna take time on it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, but I don't expect that to produce a result. But I expect that to breed confidence in the squad.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think
0: I know. I think Scotland. Okay, I'm gonna go Italy, and then if they beat Scotland, they're gonna be coming to us in our final game. in, But then, and they'll be on the yeah. back of a win, and we'll be on. The- back of potentially a loss or an absolute outstanding win that nobody saw coming
1: Yeah and then I'll be
0: updating Twitter to top two <laughs> Yeah and yeah. uh, then finally on Sunday we've got England Island, and we've just heard that Ireland are pretty much um, with a brand new backline that have been drafted in last weekend uh,
1: Don't wind me up now again but yeah uh, it would have been England anyway Can I uh,
0: imagine?
1: Ireland just on doing themselves any favours. I just feel for the girls. They need the support that they deserve. It just keeps getting
0: from bad for worse for Ireland, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's only going to go one way and it wouldn't surprise me if it's an 80-pointer. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's bold, isn't it? Yeah. I'll go 60. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's our predictions and that's round four preview. Do do, do do we feel it's not a jingle? I feel like we need a jingle. Okay, so just before we go, we want to remind everybody that uh, Rugby Seven Eleven and Back We Go podcast has teamed up to bring a rugby camp to a hub or a club, and here's Rachel Taylor with news of the competition.
2: Yeah. So while we were out in Dublin, um, Hallett and myself had a great conversation around how hashtag back the girls pod could get on board with supporting a rugby seven 11 competition throughout this women's six nations. So inspired by the women's TikTok six nations, and especially after Wales's epic win over Ireland, we got to see Alicia Butchers have a little jig, a little, a little celebration post match, but also because she won player of the match during that game. And it got our brains ticking over, and thought, "What a great idea!" So we thought, if you send in to to Rugby Seven Eleven your try scoring celebration, so think out of the box, be as creative as you like, and you get the famous words in. We want Rugby Seven Eleven at our club. Get that somewhere in your video. So we want Rugby Seven Eleven at our club in that video, and get us tagged in. So get uh, hashtag back the girls in there get at Rugby 7-Eleven in there and you could have the opportunity to win this summer a chance for Rugby 7-Eleven to host a camp for your club or your team totally free of charge. So myself, Rachel Taylor and Jess Cavanaugh will come down to your club wherever you are in Wales, we will get at Rugby 7-Eleven out on tour and you have a chance to win a free camp for your team or your club. So like I said, Get your tri-scoring celebrations in, inspired by Alicia Butchers off uh, the back of a Wales win versus Ireland. Get the famous words in, we won Rugby 7-Eleven at our club. Get tagging, get that video sent in to at Rugby 711 spelt the Welsh way, and ha- enter this opportunity for a competition. What a great prize this summer and we'll announce the winner at the end of this Six Nations okay and
1: that is episode 2.5 all done for you wrapped up from me and Gemma hallett double t thank you so much for listening please continue to send in your questions and comments we absolutely love to hear from you and you know you've got one job and that's get yourself down to Cardiff Arms park friday night lights let's go wales woo